You shall teach them diligently to your children. This promise is for you and for your children. And they were bringing even infants, children, the littlest of all children, to Jesus, who said, let the children come to me. If you're paying attention to the words of our readings, surely you noticed that repetition of that word, children. In each of the readings, and even in the psalm that we sing this morning, come, O children, and listen to me, we have this word, children. And those of you who aren't children might get the idea that, well, this is a Sunday for little kids, right? And so I can kind of zone out. I can turn off the mind. I can fade away. I can close the eyes and think about other things. But that's not the point of today. We are celebrating the, re- the beginning of a new Sunday school year, and we will be installing the Sunday school teachers during our Sunday school hour. But there's much that can be said to each one of us from our readings this morning. And to get you to think about this this morning, I want you to think about the difference between being childish and being childlike. St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Kids are cute, aren't they? My wife, most of you have heard this, my wife just had a baby, and I was there in the hospital. I've been there, not sleeping much. Those couches aren't exactly comfortable, but I've been watching that little child, that little girl, and kids are cute. But being childish is not cute. When you hear someone talk about someone behaving childishly, what they are usually referring to is this sort of selfish tendency that is especially evident in children. After all, to the child, there is no one else in the world. To the child, it's always me, myself, and I. So the child's needs come first. The child's wants come first. The child's desires come first. And if you continue to act like that throughout your life, people will look at you and say, he never really grew up. She's still like a little child. Being childish is not cute. And even little kids know this. What is the greatest desire of all of our children? It's to grow up. Children want to grow up. They want to be big. They want to be big kids. They want to be adults. And so when they talk to each other, they talk about things like, what are we going to do when we grow up? When are we going to be able to light the candles? When are we going to be able to carry in the cross? Kids want to grow up. And Christians should want to grow up too. We should not be childish. St. Paul writes in his other epistle to the Ephesians, he talks about growing up so that we would not be like little children who are tossed to and fro by the waves. We should want to grow up. And yet, what does Jesus say? Not to contradict St. Paul, but Jesus does not want us to remain childish. He says you must become like a child. So this morning, I want you just to kind of keep that in the back of your mind as we consider this gospel reading this morning. How to be not childish, but how to be childlike. How to grow up and paradoxically become more and more like a child. Because that is what Jesus says must happen to us. Now, the disciples thought they'd figured it all out, didn't they? 
Here come these moms, and you can picture these wonderful mothers who are bringing their children, even their infants, to Jesus. And the disciples thought they knew what Jesus would like, and they knew what Jesus wouldn't like. They thought they'd ha- they've got Jesus figured out. He's an important guy, and so he should spend his time doing important things with other important people. And these infants, however cute they were, well, they're just not that important, right? Jesus has more important things to do. He has more important people to touch. He has more important people to talk about. He can't be taking all of his time touching the babies. He can't be taking all of his time talking to children. Jesus has more important things to do. But the moms, the moms knew, didn't they? The moms in our gospel reading, they knew that the touch of Jesus brought all kinds of good things. And when you look through the rest of the Gospels, surely you can see this. Wherever Jesus goes, whatever he touches, there is some blessing imparted. When he touches the lepers, their leprosy is cleansed. When he touches the eyes of the blind, their blindness vanishes. When he puts his fingers in the ears of the deaf, those ears are opened. When he grabs hold of a tongue, that tongue speaks. Those moms knew better than the disciples that Jesus had come not just for super important people, not just for those who had graduated from high school, not just for those who had gotten a certain degree and had a certain kind of job. The moms knew that Jesus came for everyone, even little infants, that the touch of Jesus had come to bring blessing to all people, rich and poor, old and young alike. And they wanted that for their kids. Isn't that what every parent wants? Of course, we kind of get it all screwed up. We put the church in the back seat and we elevate all kinds of other things. But isn't this what parents want for their children? You want your kids to be on the best baseball team. I want my kid to play for him. You want your kids to be in the best school. I want them to be part of that system. You want your kids to be part of the very best programs. And sometimes, you've probably seen this, maybe some of you can remember these days, parents will make extreme sacrifices, won't they, to ensure that their children get the very best. Parents will drive all night long so that their kids get to go to just the right after-school programs. Parents will take up all of their weekends to drive little Johnny to make sure that he gets to play in the best baseball tournament. Why do parents do this? Because they love their children, right? They want what's best for them. That's what those moms wanted. They had their heads on straight, straighter than the disciples. They knew that to bring their children to Jesus was the best possible thing that they could give them. They knew that even if other people might look at them kind of crazy, what are you women doing? Don't you know Jesus has more important things? They knew, they were convinced of this, that to bring their children to Jesus was the best and most beneficial thing. But the disciples didn't think so, did they? Jesus has more important things to do. He doesn't have time for little children. Jesus needs to be speaking with the elders. Jesus needs to be speaking with the Pharisees. Jesus needs to be speaking with the scribes. Jesus is important, and so he needs to be doing important things, not touching children. He has emails to write. He has text messages to send. He has visitations to make. He has drives to take. Jesus needs to be out in the public doing big, important, impressive things. And so they rebuked those moms. 
you moms go back home. Take your kids and go home. Maybe when they get a little bit older. Maybe when they get to sixth grade, then they can come. No, no, better wait until they get to eighth. Well, you know how kids are these days. They don't mature all that fast. You better wait until they're 21. Well, you know, it would be better maybe until they just decide for themselves when they're 30, 35. Maybe then Jesus will have time for your kids, you moms. Go home and come back when they get bigger. Go home and come back when your kids are more impressive. Go home and come back when they have something to offer to Jesus. Because when they're little like this, you know, they're just not that impressive. Sure, they might be cute, but what can they do for Jesus? He's an important man, after all. He needs to be around important people. Do you notice how foolish those, that sounds? That sounds insane, doesn't it? When you hear that from the pulpit, that we should wait to bring our kids to Jesus, it ought to cause a little bit of anger to rile up inside those of you who are parents and those of you who even aren't parents. Because you should have the same conviction that that mother had, those mothers had, that Jesus wants to bless everyone. Not just the impressive and important people. Jesus wants to bless everyone, including you. How many of you are wise and powerful in the eyes of the world? How many of you are rich and wealthy? How many of you, if we took a survey outside of St. Paul's, how many of you would people say, oh yeah, that's a really important person? And yet to Jesus, to Jesus, the Son of God, each of you is as precious as his own little child. Let the little children come to me, you stupid disciples. You haven't figured me out at all. Those mothers know far better than you do, you disciples. Don't get it out of your mind that I have only come for a certain class or a certain type of people. Let the little children come to me. And even better, Jesus goes on, doesn't he? Not just does he straighten those disciples out, but he tells them, you know what? You know what, Peter and Andrew and James and John? Don't just let the children come to me. You better become like them. Truly, Jesus says, I say to you, truly, he puts an exclamation point on this, truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Now, what does Jesus mean by that? Is Jesus a sentimentalist? Is Jesus saying you have to become cute like a little child? Is Jesus saying you have to put a a bow in your hair if you're a girl, or you have to wear blue if you're a boy? Is Jesus saying, you know, you have to become innocent like kids? I don't think Jesus has that view of children. After all, if you look through scripture, you find places that speak of, behold, in sin did my mother conceive me. Jesus doesn't have this kind of modern view that kids are innocent, and we shouldn't either. Those of you who are parents know kids are not innocent. They know just what they're doing. They know how to manipulate all kinds of situations. That same sinful tendency that is alive and well in each of us who are older is also alive and well in our children. So Jesus isn't saying you have to become cute, nor is he saying you have to become innocent. What he's saying is you must become childlike. And here is where this wonderful picture of an infant becomes the model for each and every one of you this morning. You must learn to grow up and become like an infant. How? Well, look at an infant. Look at what an infant does. Look at what an infant doesn't do. Infants are this wonderful picture of the receptive life, aren't they? 
Could you think of a better picture of someone who is totally dependent on someone else than an infant? I've had this picture in my mind since Friday afternoon when little Lydia was born. Infants are completely dependent on everyone else for everything else. Who's going to change the diaper? Not the infant. Who's going to feed the baby? Not the infant. Who's going to make sure they're wrapped up in their blanket? Not the infant. They are entirely dependent on their mothers for everything, and sometimes on their fathers too. (laughs) This is the picture of the disciple. Whether you are one year old or whether you are 100, you are to become dependent on the Lord Jesus, to receive from him your wisdom, to receive from him your life, to receive from him the new birth of water and the word, to receive from him every blessing that he will give you. Become like a child this way. And we might say even more. Those of you who are older often look at the kids of the church and you say things to me like, boy, I wish I had their energy. Boy, I wish that I had their enthusiasm. Boy, I sure wish that I could still be like that. Well, what prevents you from being like that? Sure, in your body, you can't become like that. Sure, there is a lack of energy. There is a lack of power. The body does not always obey the mind. But suppose that you could recover some of that appetite that children have for life. Suppose you could recover some of that appetite that children have for life and apply it to the things of God. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Wouldn't that be a good thing if each of us hungered and thirsted for God's word like little children do? Wouldn't that be a good thing if we hungered and thirsted even for things that are repeated again and again and again, like, I forgive you your sins, like, take and eat, this is my body, take and drink, this is my blood. You know how kids are, don't you? They don't get tired of the same thing over and over again. When they want you to read a book, they don't say, well, I've already heard that one, bring me a new one, make it a different one. They say, do it again. 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 Because they have this appetite for life. And that is what Jesus is telling each and every one of us this morning. You must become like a child in this way, in receiving from him all that is good and in desiring from him to receive it again and again and again. Become like little children today, dear friends, as we begin a new Sunday school year. Become like little children, not by becoming childish, not by becoming simple in your minds, but by learning to desire again from the Lord Jesus like little children desire. Say to him, do it again. When you hear a passage that you've heard before, say, that's okay, I want to hear it again and again and again and again. For in so doing, you will receive wonderful blessings from the Lord Jesus. This is how we are brought to Jesus now. He doesn't stand in the middle of our congregation saying to all the moms and to all the grandmas and all the great grandmas, bring your children to me. No, he stands among us in a different way. Glorified now in the power of his resurrection, he stands among us through his word. He stands among us in his blessed sacraments. And so we bring our children to the font. We bring our children into God's house and we desire for them to come to the day as soon as possible when they too will be able to kneel down at his altar and receive from him every blessed thing that he has to give, including his body and his blood. Truly, unless you become like children, you shall not 
enter the kingdom of God. So become like children. Make this your prayer this morning, that you go home from this place, not as a childish, uh, you know, ungrateful person, but that you go home from this place more and more childlike, receiving from the Lord Jesus and desiring from him all that is good. And you know what you'll find? You'll find that life as an infant is pretty good. It's pretty good. To Christ be the glory now and always. Amen.